Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm a little nitwit, and I think Tony Kerr's the smartest man in the world. Hello and welcome to the World Cricket Show, by most statistical measures, the world's favourite cricket show. My name is Adam Bayfield and I'll be your host for this one. And joining me once again on the dog and bone, it's Tony Kerr. Hey. How's it going, Tony? Yeah, pretty good, thanks. We're doing a Saturday morning record this week, which is uh, unusual for us. It feels a bit different. It feels like we're on Soccer AM or something like that. Yeah, it's got a really a really nice vibe already. I've uh, I've lined up a few... New segments for us this week, starting with topless weather in a minute. <laughs> Be launching a save chip campaign. <laughs> um, it was chip. That was like a thing. Was do you remember? Oh you yeah, they, people out. like held banners up, didn't they? Yeah, exactly. It really dates stuff. If you watch, uh, if you watch like Premier League clips from a very specific time around about two thousand one, two thousand two, you can see loads of save chip banners in the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> this is a landmark episode tone for one reason and one reason only, just to give the listeners a a peek behind the curtain here. You know, show them a little bit how the how the sausage is made, how the how how the delicious sausage is made. Um, you're editing this one, three hundred and sixty six episodes in, uh, and you've. You finally, you finally volunteered. You've been given the controls, given the keys to the kingdom. So, does this mean that you're going to be editing the next 365 episodes? I suppose it would stand to reason. I mean, we, I, we, we said right at the beginning we'll split it evenly. I'll do the first 365. You do the next 365. That was our agreement back in 2008. <laughs> I just feel like you know, um, it's kind of like the captaincy, isn't it? I feel like it's the editing's really started to affect your performance. Um, <laughs> You know, whereas I've been able to just kind of shoot from the hip, kind of, you know, my sort of unbridled punditry ability has been able to flourish over the last 13 years. You know, I feel like the editing's really started to weigh heavy on your shoulders. So, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and take that burden off you and see if it can, you can sort of lift your game. You've stepped in. You, you were worried about my well-being. You came in and put your arm around my shoulder and said... Because, you know, I've, I've obviously been... Um, planning hosting editing the podcast <laughs> but you've been in that project manager role just kind of overseeing looking after you've been doing the pastoral stuff just looking after my well-being and you finally <laughs> felt here we go you know time for me to to take it on and that's you know g- good on you tane thanks yeah for that. well life in the editing I, to, to honest, I think you're just easy. fed up you finally got fed up with the way i was editing you exactly you know i'm just absolutely sick to the back teeth of of all my great gags being cut out so well, it is a relief tone. It is it is a weight off my shoulders. But my only concern is um, that I'm, I'm I'm worried that you know that you might do like a sort of cassette boy style edit and make me say something stupid like uh, I'm a little nitwit and I think Tony Kerr's the smartest man in the world. Yeah, I, d- I don't know what it might be, but I'm worried about that. Wait and see. Wait and see. Well, anyway, uh, we should crack on and talk about the cricket because, as ever, we have got lots to talk about tonight. Um, well, one major thing, really, uh, which is the third test between India and England in Ahmedabad. It was a 
a breakneck game of cricket, really, Tone, wasn't it? So let's let's dive in because there's lots of talking points uh, to get into here. So yeah, England's tour of India continuing, obviously, and what is turning into a pretty memorable test series took another memorable turn this week with a day-night test, as I say, in a in a spanking new stadium in Ahmedabad. Um, I used the word memorable there, so it was a, it's a memorable test series and a memorable test match. Um, it was a pretty pretty horrifying, really, couple of days for England fans, wasn't it, Tony? Dare I say it for cricket fans more generally, because yes, that's right. Graham Swan was behind the mic doing TV commentary. I think we might both have lots more to say about the commentators later, but it was also it was also a, a slightly uh, a somewhat horrifying uh, episode on the pitch as well. I'm sure everybody's seen this, but just a very quick recap: England uh, winning the toss and batting first um, were <laughs> were in big trouble straight away, uh, and it didn't really get any better they were bowled out for 112 in the first innings with Akshar Patel continuing his sensational start to test cricket taking six for 38 Uh, India closed day one on 99 for three lost Virat Kohli right at the end to give England a a sniff that they might be able to get back in the game and they they capitalized on that sniff uh, on the second morning running through India with Jack Leach taking four wickets and Joe Root of all people taking five for eight that's five for eight uh, to bowl India out for 145. So a, a small, a very slender first innings lead and England were right back in the game, but they lost Zach Crawley to the first ball, Johnny Bairstow to the third ball to be naught for two. Uh, and it didn't get a lot better from there. They were all out in their second innings for just 81 uh, in 30 overs with Akshar Patel taking another five wickets and Ravi Chandran Ashwin taking four for 48. So India with a target of just 49, uh, and they knocked them off with no problem at all, with all 10 wickets still in hand. Uh, to wrap up a huge victory uh, by 10 wickets and go 2-1 up in the series. So this test finished inside two days. It was, uh, what was it, about 130 overs in total, which is the shortest test match tone since 1935 and I think it's worth actually kind of pausing just to think about that for a moment because you know that's that kind of stat that date's been bandied around a bit and it's like oh wow yeah shortest test since 1935 but you know that's before the second world war you know before Neville Chamberlain was prime minister whatever you know it's actually crazy you think about the number of test matches that have been played in the last you know in our lifetime let alone going back that far yeah that's the shortest one so you know something unusual uh happening in this game for sure um where do we start with this then Tane? I, f- I feel like i've got whiplash after this it was kind of it, it, it was certainly blinking you'll miss it stuff wasn't it it was all happening very very quickly test cricket on fast forward it feel, i was thinking it feels like i say we're recording on saturday morning it feels like we're quite late to the party in recording this podcast but we're actually recording on the fourth morning of the game. So, you know, that gives you some indication. So, yeah, what happened here, Tone? Give me some, uh, give me some initial thoughts. Can you give me some, some sort of broad brush reaction? Oh, um, God. Very short game. What did you make of it? Well, I mean, yeah, exactly. It was, it was extraordinary in the truest sense of the word. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah I, I agree I don't, I don't really know where to start I mean if I was channel four I'd probably be asking for my money back at this point as a punter uh, I do feel somewhat shortchanged um, 
you know, I sort of got quite excited about the idea of being able to, to watch a, a match that started at nine or where, where play started at nine o'clock in the morning, UK time and, and ran throughout the day. Um, and yeah, obviously we only got two days of that. So yeah, I mean, it was quite, yeah. I mean, you, you couldn't really take your eyes off it, off it, could you? I mean, there's just some of the passages of play. I mean, I mean, obviously in the end, you know, India kind of cantered in that, that fourth innings, you know, it, it was pretty frustrating that England weren't quite able to put on a score that, that perhaps could have made it interesting. Yeah. And, and obviously there were lots of reasons, uh, you know, lots of reasons behind that. Um, probably the first inning, well, there were lots of places that England lost the game in, but, um, you know, the, the fact that they couldn't get a few runs on, a few more runs on the board in the first innings, you know, obviously everyone got quite excited, myself included, when, when, um, when Root started ripping through and you thought, well, here we go, you know, we're, we're, we're right in this game, but obviously right at the back of the head was, well, if, you know, if Joe Root's doing this, you know, what, you know, what, how are England's batsmen going to cope when they, when they come back to the, the crease? So yeah, it was, it was pretty frustrating to watch from England fans perspective to say the least. Uh, Cause you, you, yeah, you just sort of never quite felt, like the hope was or any hope that we had at any stage in the contest was kind of well placed yeah you mentioned uh you know seeing those root wickets and thinking well if he's doing that what next kind of thing that might be a good place to pick up i mean yeah after our um our on our podcast after the second test as well you know we started with the pitch because all the talk was about the pitch and it's kind of the same this time isn't it a lot of the talk after the game is about the pitch um contrasting views from the captains in the in the post-match press com uh, post-match interviews um root kind of shied away from criticizing the pitch but he did say that it was very difficult to bat on he blamed more the ball uh than the pitch but he did say that it was extremely difficult you know batting conditions whereas virat Cody said he thought it was a great pitch to bat on there was no problems with the pitch at all you know very fine conditions but just both teams batted very badly he said it was you know it was a it was a, a failure of batting rather than any problem with the pitch. Where do you stand, Tone? How did you see it? Do you, you know, you mentioned Joe Root taking five for eight. That's the second cheapest five for by a spinner in test history. And it was Joe Root. Um, so he, I sort of feel like there must have been something going on with the pitch. But yeah, what 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 do you think? Yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, I don't know. Obviously, you know, I listened to, to Ather's assessment of things and yeah, he, he, he sort of suggested it he sort of possibly obviously it's an outlier but it is part of the the spectrum of of test wickets i mean it's probably it is as far this way as would be yeah you know um a a board draw where yeah six or seven hundred plays six or seven hundred um you know who am i to 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 disagree or question the likes of of coley and and rohit but I don't know for them to come out afterwards. Rohit as well was just like, yeah, you know, it was, there was, you know, you just had to work out how to score runs. Well, none of your teammates, Rohit, worked out how to score runs in there, and you, and you included that Pajara and Kohli, who yeah, and Rahani. You know, these are these are elite batsmen at a world level. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't quite buy that. You know, clearly something was awry here. Whether you know whether it was the pitch, whether it was the ball, um, yeah, there are probably quite a lot of factors at play. Yeah, I've not heard the word lacquer used so much since kind of year seven DT. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, you know, there was a lot of discussion about this this ball and 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 yet whether it did skid on a bit more if um, 
you know, off the lacquered surface. Um, Our DT so y- teacher was from Northern Ireland, so <laughs> yeah. we used to hear locker a lot. I'm a locker. I think, was, yeah, my memory of that kind of period of, of school life is that you just spent like several hours a day lacquering things. <laughs> I'm not sure why. Like, is, is, I don't know. Is anything lacquered these days? <laughs> it's lacquering and soldering. Those are the two <laughs> things. Those are the two things we did. We had a great education, so you can't <laughs> yeah, argue fully with that. Rounded. Well, maybe you know if we'd. Maybe we'd be absolutely, uh, uh, you know, sort of nailed on to get jobs at the SG bull manufacturing <laughs> plant or whatever. Um, yeah, so, I, yeah, I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Any any match where or any innings where, where Joe Root is taking five for eight, yeah, yeah. It, it, that says it all, really. And clearly, ball, yeah, the, the balance was skewed too far in, in towards ball rather than bat. And, you know, obviously that can happen. And, you know, most people, a lot of people, a lot of test fans would agree that, the ball should have the edge probably in the in the, the balance of play to create interesting and exciting test cricket but um yeah it was just carnage wasn't it yeah i so the the idea um you know of cody saying oh it was it was a, it was just bad batting really i've i've seen that from a few different quarters uh, peterson tweeted something uh, along those lines you know that the, the pitch was fine it was just that it, you know, it must have just been bad batting because they kept missing straight balls. And um, Sonal Gavaska said that on commentary as well. You know, it's just batsmen missing straight balls. How can you say it's the pitch? They're just missing straight balls. It's not the pitch, it's the mind, he said. But to me, that is, that's really, um, there, there seems an obvious point that they're missing there, which is, you know, why were they missing straight balls? Because, bats, you know, test class batsmen don't generally miss straight balls. It happens occasionally, but for them, for almost all of them to be missing straight balls, surely it's because they were expecting the ball to turn and it didn't. So why were they expecting it to turn? Because generally it was turning a huge amount. So then when there was the odd one that didn't turn, that would get them out. So, you know, I'm not saying that they didn't bat badly on it. I think most of them did bat badly on it. You know, you know, it does raise questions, um, you know, certainly about the England batting, maybe some systemic questions, which we'll get into. But as you say, even the the, the guys who truly are world-class test batsmen, like Kohli and Rahane and Pajara and Root, they couldn't handle it either. And that does suggest, you know, I, I don't think we can pretend that the pitch was absolutely fine just because, you know, a, a few batsmen played bad shots or whatever. It Yeah, clearly something was going on. And again, well, I mean, I haven't got the the official figures or citations to back this up, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that that it's been suggested that the, the the pitch actually didn't produce wild turn in the way that yeah you, know, you know it wasn't as turny as some other pitches have been, but presumably that yeah exactly as you say that um, discrepancy between when the ball did turn, which yeah and there was decent turn there clearly, and when it didn't was was um, was clearly very difficult to call for the batsman. Otherwise, they would have, yeah, as you say, they would have got bat on ball more often. On commentary, you know, there was sort of one ball would go straight on and and, and get a batsman out and they would say, you know, oh, it's all in the mind, the straight ball, you know, oh, it's all in the mind. And then the next ball would be a sharp turn and be like, sharp turn, it's unplayable. And you think like, yeah, I don't know. It just, yeah, to me, and it sounds like to you as well, kind of i don't know what what they i don't know what 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 were they thinking there with that kind of analysis i don't know it just seems slightly bonkers to me well we'll we'll get into the commentators shortly but 
yeah, I think I think the thing, you know, as Root said, I think the the kind of extra uh, factor here was the ball. So I think a combination of the pitch and the pink ball meant that it was just coming on quicker. It was coming quicker off the pitch than they were probably used to or expecting. And I think that's that was the undoing really of a lot of batsmen. Uh, it wasn't necessarily that it was turning more than you might expect. It was probably turning more than you might expect on day one and day two. But, you know, those batsmen could probably cope with that level, that degree of turn. But it was just doing it quicker. So I think I think that was the the key there. Um, you know, on on the question of whether it's, you know, that kind of pitch is bad for test cricket. And we talked about this a bit last time and, and the discussion is um ongoing has has kind of uh intensified after this game um i am i'm still divided on this because i think on on the one hand uh it would be hard to argue that day two wasn't entertaining it, it was it was a very entertaining day of cricket um it was like jaw-dropping stuff wasn't it it was very exciting and it and it grabbed attention and it, and it got people's attention who wouldn't normally be talking about cricket. This this happens quite rarely, you know. It happened when um, you know with Ben Stokes at Headingley. Uh, it happened with the Cricket World Cup final. It happens, you know, quite uh, quite rarely that people in my life, like colleagues or friends or whatever, who have no interest in cricket at all, text me and say, "Oh wow, you mu- you must have been enjoying the cricket today," or "Oh wow, you must be uh, devastated by the cricket today," you know. Something like this is obviously on the news. It's it kind of reaches people in a way that you know even England's sort of big win in the in the first test, uh, you know th- that doesn't catch anyone's eye. But something like this is like bonkers. It does. So in terms of whether it's like bad for Test cricket, that seems slightly counterintuitive when people are talking about Test cricket who wouldn't normally be. And as you say, like on balance, I, I think I'd still rather, well, I definitely would still rather see this game than, uh, you know, a game that lasts five days, but on like a flat, dead, you know, feather bed surface where there's nothing happening for the bowlers. Both teams score 500 and it's a draw. And not very long ago, that was the norm in test cricket in many parts of the world, including India. And that, to me, is what was seriously threatening, you know, seriously jeopardizing the future of test cricket. So, this I think is better than that but on the other hand you know as you said right at the beginning can't help but feel a little bit short-changed by this you know two days is not really enough for a test match I woke up this morning you know it's the weekend now it would I was really quite cheesed off that there was no cricket to watch today you know as I say I don't think this was all about the pitch you know the, the, the reason that it only lasted two days I don't think that was all about the pitch both teams batted badly too but as we've concluded, the pitch must have played some sort of a role. So we don't want uh, boring draws that last five days, but we don't want games that last two days either. There must be We're some very sort of fussy. That, but no, I don't think that is that fussy though. Yeah, I mean, yes, it's, you know, we can be very specific and say we want an exciting game that ebbs and flows and goes right to the final session and has a p- perfect balance between bat and ball. And that's obviously incredibly difficult to to engineer or to sort of um you know sort of uh, prescribe a uh a, a rest i'm mixing my metaphors here but prescribe a, 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 a pitch for that just is very very tricky but but I, I don't think it's too much to ask to look for some sort of happy medium between uh a five-day snooze fest and a two-day 
you know, <laughs> I don't know, what do you call that? Two-day crazed, crazy fest. fest. <laughs> well, as we've mentioned, lots of people have had lots to say about the pitch, with the exception of the TV commentators, who for the most part were notably silent about it, or when they did talk about it, it was generally to say, oh, it's nothing to do with the pitch. It's all in the mind. It's just... It's just bad batting. Um, judging from um, some of your Facebook messages, Tone, I think you've got quite a bit to say about the commentary. Well, I, yeah, I just think, th- you know, taken in or taken alongside the performance of the third umpire throughout the series, I don't know, it, it, it's it's just not a great production, is it? It's, uh, you know, these are, good, these are clearly not very knowledgeable people about cricket. Uh, not very knowledgeable did you no say? they're clearly very knowledgeable you know, yeah. cricket pundits Sunil Gavaskar you know one of the all-time greats so but but where the kind of yeah the where it just sort of it all falls down is that there's just no there's no discussion or review of anything really of any interest that they just sort of gloss over uh anything that that might be a slightly contentious decision and and that goes either way really it's kind of yeah it's quite frustrating as a viewer I've found yeah, just to sort of um, clarify that for anyone who isn't watching, um, it's very noticeable for us because with the series being on Channel 4, on free-to-air, um, Channel 4 is just taking the feed from Indian TV. So normally what we'd expect for any away series, India series in the past, Sky would have their own commentary team. So we'd expect, you know, Athers and NASA and and, and co. Uh, but this time we've just got the Indian feed um, the first two tests, Nick Knight and Mark Butcher were there. Mark Butcher in particular I thought was excellent, but they seem to have both flown home. I presume that was uh, agreed before the series rather than that they've been axed Moved because, on. They, yeah. because they did uh, say a few negative things. Um, Graham Swan brought in for these two games, which is hard work, but um, it, it is a BCCI production, isn't it? And they are on the payroll of the BCCI. And it does seem at times it comes across almost like state propaganda, doesn't it? In, in that, yeah, they just, they cannot question anything or say anything controversial or negative about the pitch or anything to do with Team India. It's all just very, they're like cheerleaders for the players and um, the team and yeah, any sort of suggestion that the pitch might not be up to scratch is sort of swatted away. So yeah, and, yeah. and any you know, and any you know, there's been quite a few to to be polite, hasty third umpiring decisions, or, or you know, quite close decisions that they just don't go back and look at again and think you know, and, and discuss. They'll be like, oh well, yeah, you know, that that was that was pretty close, wasn't it? Let's have a look at it again from another angle. It's just yeah, it's kind of it's really lacking. Do you think they would, though, because it seems like throughout the series, any sort of slight controversy with the third umpire, it's it's against England. Like there's not really been a sort of big controversial moment where an Indian batsman has, you know, has got the uh, wrong, you know, the wrong end of the decision or where England have got the rub of the green. It feels like I can't think of an example at the moment. True. The only, well, the only, the only, the only slightly contentious one was that root LBW that, that Coley got heated about. But that was a DRS. That was a, a ball tracking quirk rather than anything the third umpire actually did. But yeah, and did the commentators talk about that? I can't remember. Probably. Yeah. So I don't know. It just feels like they're when it's something that goes against England, or where there's at least something to talk about, um, where England have maybe you know, England could feel miffed. 
yeah, they just move on incredibly quickly. They don't want to go back and look at other angles. And I don't know, as you say, it was another controversial game for the third umpire here. Uh, this time, Chetichodi Shamshuddin uh, was the TV umpire. And the, the, there were, yeah, there were a couple. There was that Ben Stokes catch um, towards the end of the first day where, I mean, I think it did go to ground and it or certainly looked like it went to ground. But England were really unhappy because the TV umpire looked at one angle for about five seconds and went, yep, that's uh, not out, even, even though the soft signal was out. Absolutely woeful. I, yeah, just, you know, as, as someone watching from home, it just makes you a little bit angry or made me angry. It got well, me it going. does make you angry, even though... It's just, it's just, like, it's just so stupid. I don't know, like, just bloody look at look at it a couple of times at least. It, I mean, the, the first replay hadn't even finished when, when he was like, oh, it's clearly bounced. Not out, reverse your decision. You're like, it's just basic. Yeah, and I, you know, I've seen Indian fans sort of saying, "Oh, why are England upset about that?" You know, it it was clearly, it clearly went to ground. And oh, he only needs to see one angle. If it's obvious from one angle, why does he look? Why does he need to look at several? But it just seems it just isn't a great look. I think when it's a home umpire and you see something for a few seconds and go, "Yep, no, that's fine. That's all I need to see," because it just. <laughs> It has a very, well, as you say, when you throw that in with the propaganda commentary and the fact that the BCCI sacked the Chennai groundsman after the first game, I don't know, the whole thing just has starts to have a bit of a bad smell, I think. But I mean, maybe, maybe that's just sour grapes. Maybe if, if England had won this game, we wouldn't be too worried about it. But Yeah, I, I don't know. I think, you, you know, you can say clearly that India have, have been, you know, in the last two tests, obviously much the better team, much the, you know, the the, the individual performances have, have eclipsed anything that England's team have produced. Uh, obviously fully deserving of two categoric wins. Um, but that, that, yeah, it's not, I don't think it's sour grapes to then alongside that say, well, the third umpiring has been abysmal. Um, I mean, yeah. it, certainly, it, it certainly comes across as biased. As I said last time, this is why home umpires just don't work. You know, in his defence, in the third umpire's defence, he might just be very bad at his job. It, it might not be that he's actually biased, but you can't help but conclude, or you can't help but feel that he that there is bias at play when something like that happens. It's a bit like you know, last year on the pod we talked about that 2001 series between India and Australia, and I know you you were like in hysterics, you were laughing about the. Um, the very end is it the very end of the second game yeah the Habajan hat trick or the Habajan hat trick that's what it is yeah it's like giving out before it's pitched (laughs) it's the Indian umpire's just like (laughs) striding down the wicket with his (laughs) finger up like basically celebrating with the team it feels like that and it you can understand why um England were upset even though as I say it probably was the right decision but it's it's, yeah exactly needed to be looked at a few times to be sure Call, call me old fashioned, but you know, it, for me, if there's, if you're in a position where the, you're you're in any way open to accusations of of, of bias, um, you've got to lean the other way slightly. You, you've got to you've got to make a real effort to counter you know, any potential claims by by actually scrutinising scrutinising against your you know whatever the perceived bias would be. I, I, you know, yeah, I, I think of, um, you know, putting in extra attention or you know exactly like you know you are the host you should you know and that's not to say that you should give generously you know decision you know you know the home team or or whoever the 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 team you know that you're kind of affiliated with or or the area or the the whatever you're not going to you're not going to be 
hand, giving handouts to the to the visitors. You don't, you don't want to make it hard for your side, obviously. But yeah, you you should you should kind of be slightly more hospitable at least. You just got to work extra hard to avoid the appearance of bias, haven't you? Um, which is why when you then just race through and only look at one angle for five seconds, it just it isn't a very good look. But as we say, I, you know, I'm certainly not suggesting that had a couple of third umpire decisions gone the other way that England would have won that game. You know, they were obviously a long way behind in the end. And in terms of what happened for them on the pitch, um, a lot of criticism has come their way over their selection. They went into the game, obviously, with uh, with four seamers in Anderson, Broad, Archer and Stokes and only one spinner in Jack Leach. Moeen Ali having flown home, they left out Don Bess again. Uh, not a single over was bowled by a seamer in the second half of the game in the third and fourth innings of the match. Only spinners, no seamer bowled and over, which I think is the first time that's ever happened in Test cricket. So is it fair to say, Tone, that they got their selection wrong? And if so, you know, did it have any effect on the game? See, yeah, I don't think they did get their selection wrong. I don't think they missed... Well, arguably they did misjudge... Well, they did misjudge the the conditions and the, you know, the way the ball would behave and the game would play out. But I don't think they got their selection wrong because clearly... Clearly, they don't have confidence in the the pool of spinners at the moment. That that, that that you know, Don Bess has been kind of cast aside now, or sort of sent packing to to kind of get his get a grip on 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 his action and and you know and his line of length and control. Um, yeah, they don't really have many options, and obviously, clearly, they thought the pink ball, the day night test. You know, if it is going to move around a bit more, if we're going to get a bit more out of the ball you know, for the, for the pace bowlers, then, then that's the the way to go is to, um, you know, is to stack it. And then obviously that didn't end up coming to pass in the end at all. Uh, you know, India obviously chose, you know, um, picked Ishan and Bumrah that they, they didn't go with, uh, you know, a kind of, well, I suppose they did have, they obviously had more spin options. They had Akshar and Ashwin and, and Washington Sundar, but in the end, obviously both teams only needed two spinners and Joe Root took five for eight. So, what would an extra spinner have done for England? Not much, probably. I guess they probably could have played an extra batsman. Is the only, is the only in hindsight, the only thing that that might have improved things. Yeah, I think I, I think I sort of half agree with you in that. Um, I think they did get their selection wrong. Um, you know, in that clearly they didn't need all those seamers, and as you say, that they could have actually just played extra batsmen if that was the. Uh, you know, in the end, they might as well have played Dan Lawrence and whoever else uh instead of archer and broad uh, who did very very little so i think they definitely got the selection wrong but i agree with you that it had absolutely no bearing on the result you know it, it was definitely a bad decision but it does seem weird that there's so much talk about it so much focus on it at this point i listened to about 15 minutes of tough as Vaughan when i was driving home the other day and uh you know that was all they were talking about was you know it's like it, it absolutely catastrophic decision by england to to only pick one spinner well you know they it's not as if they would have defended 49 in the fourth innings if only don best was playing you know ultimately they bowled india out for 145 in the in the first in, the, in, the, in their first innings what more could they do really you know maybe they could have bowled them out for 20 runs fewer but but yeah, I suppose the only the only way that it perhaps did have an effect on the result is that it meant that England had a really long tail because Archer at eight is two or possibly three places too high. There's kind of four number 11s in there 
um, when they pick those four guys. So that's possibly the issue. But but no one was suggesting that England had got it wrong and they should have played two extra batsmen. Um, I suppose it's maybe that the the reason that it perhaps is still worth talking about and is still an issue is because it perhaps suggests that the England management are a bit confused, you know, because I, I, I do think it, it, it was, it was a wrong decision and it was sort of an obviously wrong decision from the toss where they announced the team. I was like, Oh no, because I just think in India, you always need two spinners. It's happened so many times to, to England in the past that they've picked, you know, they've gone in with a seam heavy attack and it never works on the subcontinent. So it, it just, didn't seem like a very good idea regardless of the conditions and then when you see the conditions you think well that was a really you know that was a really wrong-headed decision so something like that doesn't inspire much confidence maybe for the for the management making decisions for the rest of the series or going forward more generally but as you say it's maybe just that they've completely lost confidence in Don Best which is weird. The weird thing about that is that they had confidence in Don Bess when no one else did. And now it feels like, like I've certainly, my confidence in Don Bess as a fan, as a spectator has grown um, recently and they've lost confidence. It's a bit weird. They were picking him a year ago when everyone was like, why are they picking Don Bess? And, and now they're like, yeah, you should pick Don Bess. And they're like, no, it's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit strange, isn't it? I mean, the thing with Bess though is, you know, obviously he took wickets in Sri Lanka, but you know, at the time, I think one, one of the Fifers, you know, was described as one of the worst five wicket hauls you, you'll ever see. You know, it, it was really, it was really masking or, you know, somehow getting away with bungling wickets out of, out of you know, out of rubbish, but um, which is, a, which is a real shame because, yeah, clearly, England cricket fans would would love nothing more than to see, uh, you know, a couple of English spinners bowling really well and 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 doing the business in India in this series. So, um, yeah, hopefully, you know, hopefully, best can find a way to, yeah, or c- can find a bit of rhythm and 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 you know, this is. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. The end of him. But yeah, I mean, the problem, as we say, the problem wasn't the bowling, was it? The, you know, the, the bowlers actually did their job. And the, by bowlers, I mean Joe Root <laughs> and Jack Leach. But they actually did their job in bowling India out very cheaply. They got England back into the game after that disastrous first inning. Well, it's not their fault, the bowling attack's fault that England lost the game. The problem, quite obviously, was the batting. They've now failed to make 200 for five consecutive innings, which is the first time that's happened in well over a century. And when you consider they scored nearly 600 in the first innings of the series to then fail to make 200 for the next five, you know, I don't think we would have expected that. 
Um, and in this game, cumulatively across the two innings, they managed 193. So they were 193 for 20 in this game. That's the first time a team has failed to score 200 across the match in a test in India. So it's not great, really, Tony. It's a pretty ugly-looking <laughs> scorecard. Um, when you put it we, like that, yeah. Do we blame it all on the pitch or or the pitch and the ball? Or do England have some some real concerns about their batting now? I I, yeah, I don't know. It's, it, it's tough. I mean, we're, we're getting older all the time, obviously, but... It's <laughs> uh, <laughs> irrelevant, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it, when, apart from 2012, when you know, England fought back to win that series and... And, you know, obviously Kirk and Peterson and, and there were some big performances, you know, like England players just, England just can't or don't play very well against spin ever, really. So I don't know, you know is, it, is it harsh to sort of say, well, you know, to send another, another troop of batsmen to get slaughtered overseas on spinning pitches and, and then kind of rip into them? You know, it's, it's always been an issue in our lifetimes and, and probably, you know, for a long time before. Um so I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. It's just, it's, it's a bit of a shame. Obviously these series don't come around very often and I'm sure you'll bring up the rotation policy in a minute. And it's, it's a shame that, that England didn't, haven't stacked their selection more in favour of this series being, you know, such a, such a marquee series. So yeah, I don't know, but certainly I've got big concerns for the next test. That's for sure. <laughs> Yeah, you're right that, um, you know, England have never played spin well. English bats have never played spin well. So to some extent you think, well, it, it feels almost like that's the natural order of things. But actually, you know, the ECB have got a lot of resource and they don't seem to be doing much to try and tackle that problem that is a very long-standing problem that everyone knows about. And actually it's arguably worse now than it's ever been in the sense that, Eng- you know, as you say, English bats have never done well in those conditions because they've never had enough exposure to those conditions and pitches like that and bowlers of that quality, spinners of that quality. But they get even less now because of the structure of the county season, the fact that the games are all kind of um, shoehorned into a narrow window at the beginning of the season. I think this year there's only, is it like one count, one championship match in July and one in August or something like that, one round of fixtures? When obviously in England, as the summer goes on, it you know it starts as being super friendly for seamers. Um, and as the summer goes on, it, it ought to get better and better for spinners, um, you know, as after a longer period of hot weather. But that's just not really happening now. So so there's not much, there's A, a lot less opportunity for young English spinners and young English spinners to develop and for young English batsmen to, and sorry, and B, I should say, uh, for young English batsmen to face spinners and quality spinners and and have to deal with that type of bowling so it is a very long-standing problem but it's not only not getting better it's probably getting worse well yeah I mean you look at England's last uh, seven results in India obviously the the the, the win a couple of tests ago but going back to 2016 India have won by 246 runs eight wickets an innings and 36 an innings and 75 317 and then 10 wickets so it's like it's pretty it's pretty categoric and i remember at the time you could you could probably go back and listen if you're so you know such way inclined um i think there were there were a few caveats about the the that um that 2017 tour wing then got got pretty well hammered um or 2016 2017 tour um at the time i remember thinking they like oh england were, were 
you know it was probably harsh on them um but yeah it, it's sort of it's becoming it's becoming um more difficult to to kind of I don't know, to find to, 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 to yeah exactly to, to kind to of lie find to any yourself crumb of hope <laughs> yeah exactly or what we saw in this game is just uh you know it, as we say the pitch was tough the ball made it tough um but they did they seemed to have the wrong approach at times and were trying to play off the back foot or you know that Crawley's first ball dismissal in the second innings he went right back to a ball that he should have been forward to Bearstow the same Johnny Bearstow thanks for coming got got off the plane did his quarantine a pair in what about four deliveries or something it was yeah oh not the not the best test match anyone's ever had is that where the rotation policy goes wrong you know we talked about it last week I sort of feel like it it does make sense um maybe they've got it wrong in terms of the timing of it and when people go home and stuff like that um but I do think it makes sense to give people a break from the bubble environment especially given how much cricket and test cricket England have to play this year but is this where it kind of falls down when you bring someone fresh off the plane into a test match in India on a pitch like that against bowlers like that it's a pretty tall order really isn't it I yeah I I think that the rotation thing was was well intentioned I mean as others have said you know probably you probably can't really judge it until the end of the year if England go and win the Ashes and win the World T20 then you probably take that obviously that's that's you know there's a lot of work to do to to get to that point uh yeah i I think as we discussed last week i think the the prioritization is a bit disappointing the fact that the fact that they haven't you know loaded you know loaded the squad and 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 made sure everyone's there for this series but i don't know uh, yeah clearly i don't think we could have left they could have rotated them out for the white ball stuff yeah exactly and i think um it is a it's a bit of a unique well it is a unique situation just the, the whole backdrop to international sport and international cricket at the moment. So, you know, I, I think we, you know, there has to be a bit of slack there. I don't think, you know, clearly for the ECB as well, this is a new, yeah, this is new territory to try and work out how to, to manage a, I mean, it's, you know, partly it's, it's, it's dealing with a problem of their own creation in terms of the schedule and how much, how much they've laid on for their players this year. Um, but it is a, yeah, it's, it's new territory to, to, to wade through. So, to a certain extent, I think there's got to be a bit of leeway and a bit of um, a bit of understanding. What about India then, Tony? It's, it's only a couple of weeks ago that they were uh, fairly outclassed in that first test in Chennai. That feels like a long time ago now, or at least it does to me. Um, they've turned the series on its head since then. But the weird thing is that I don't know that they had an especially good game here. Um, as we say, they got skittled out very cheaply in the in their batting first innings. They only were chasing. 49 in the second inning so so the batsman didn't really show much in this game at all their seamers barely bowled so it was literally Ashwin and Akshar Patel and and that's it but that as it turned out that was all they needed it's, I think it's quite hard to make any kind of uh real assessment on it um as you say you know it was a, a couple of bowlers you know obviously that they you know Akshar and Ashwin bowled 30 overs non-stop in England's second innings and then obviously Washington Sundar came in and um uh came in and 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 bowled four balls so uh yeah exactly it was kind of on their shoulders really and and you know what 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 more can you say obviously actually I started very very well uh in his test career obviously in in favorable circumstances but you know it's tough to take too much away from him and and you know Ashwin 
is clearly an elite operator and, and England having a lot of problems with him. Well, he went to 400 wickets in this game, took his 400th wicket. As you know, Tone Milestone's one of my, one of my favourite things. But uh, yeah, it was uh, much talked about. He did it in his 77th test, uh, which makes him the second fastest bowler to get to 400 wickets after Murali. And I do wonder, Tone, whether he is underrated. What do you think? Maybe not underrated in India, but is he underrated by England fans? You know, I, certainly in my case, I do think of him as a very good bowler. But I was looking at it and, the, you know, the, him going to 400 wickets has flagged up a few things about his stats. And his stats do stack up quite favorably with some of the best bowlers of all time. He was the quickest to 250 wickets, to 300 wickets and to 350 wickets. He's the second quickest to 400 wickets. And his bowling average now is below 25. He's got a better bowling average than Shane Warne. So I do just wonder whether we don't give him enough credit. And it could be partly, it's almost like a corollary with the way that Indian fans feel about Jimmy Anderson. We talked about this after the first game, that they, you know, uh, very wittily call him Jimmy Clouderson. Uh, You know, this idea that he's like a home track bully. Well, maybe Ashwin... Maybe that is something that could be leveled at Ashwin, or at least maybe there's a perception of that amongst England fans. He has 278 of those 400 wickets uh, were taken in India. But again, like Anderson, he's got a very respectable record away from home too. So I don't know. What do you think, Tone? Yeah, no, I, I think you're probably right. Um, those kind of stats have a habit of creeping up, don't they? And, and you know, you sort of, you have a preconception of a player and and it's kind of, it is hard to break out of that. But But clearly the the kind of numbers and the territory he's putting himself into yeah you know he, he is part of the conversation now in terms of 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 uh yeah kind of modern great bowlers really um and modern great spinners i think part of why he perhaps is underrated slightly is is the way he came through as an ipl you know came through as a sort of 2020 player and it you you, you know i don't know for for quite a while you sort of you know pigeonholed him or you sort of think about him alongside the likes of Narine and it's kind of this like sort of bits and pieces T20 player who's, you know, the, the kind of with all the mystery balls and, and the, the kind of the variety. Um, whereas actually since then and over the last decade, he's really, you know, or, yeah, he's really kind of clearly established himself as a, as a full blown kind of test pedigree, you know, elite player. Um, so, so yeah, so perhaps it, yeah, it, it's, it's worthwhile, exercise to kind of to to yeah to kind of yeah to put him in that context i think and 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 yeah perhaps give him give him the dues that he's now earned yeah just spend spend some time this weekend just reflecting on Ashwin. <laughs> um yeah yeah obviously his his record at home is better than his record away also his record against england and his record against australia isn't quite as good as his career record he averages more than 30 against both so you know that could again be contributing to why we as england fans it's a little bit like VVS Latchman didn't have a very good record against England. I think England fans don't tend to think of Latchman automatically as like a modern great, whereas Australian fans quite often do because he had an amazing record against them. So who, you know, it does make a difference where your best performances have been. And But yeah, just it, it is definitely the case that he's putting himself in the conversation. Another player to reach a milestone in this game was Ishant Sharma, who was playing his 100th test and it's a similar uh, similar thing that I want to raise here. I just wonder, with Ishan Sharmatone, I'm specifically talking about us, whether we don't give him enough 
whether we don't give him enough airtime because we we never seem to talk about Ishan Sharma. I was just <laughs> I might be wrong. I haven't gone back and listened to every episode, but it does feel like Ishan must have maybe the lowest ratio of number of test appearances to number of mentions on the World Cricket Show. <laughs> I, just, I feel like this is about the first time we've ever talked about him, but yet he's played a hundred tests. He feel, it feels like he's managed to have a a lengthy test career for one of the best teams in the world, despite, in my view, never quite nailing it in test cricket. I, I can't sort of remember that many sort of standout Ishant performances over those hundred tests. But maybe, maybe I just didn't notice or my memory's bad i don't know tone what do you think is that a bit unfair well no i think that does sound fair i mean you know you know his numbers are fairly modest aren't they in terms of you know if you are gonna for a player who's had that kind of longevity um yeah it's impressive that that he's he's stuck around in the way he does and and, and obviously he's played a you know he has played a role or he's, he's clearly been backed to play a role in as you say you know, one of you know the 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 sort of giant of international cricket for for so long, and you know clearly probably when he started his career, you know, Indian India weren't really known for their pace bowlers. You know, that's that's changed slightly, and it got to a point where India actually had some of the best pace bowlers in the world, and and he's kind of he's endured that as well. So um, yeah, I agree, and I, I think you know again a, a good moment to, to to give him a bit of world cricket show airtime. <laughs> and which which he'll be thrilled with i'm sure yeah that's that's the the ultimate accolade really isn't it that's, <laughs> that's what it's all been about for him he'll probably retire now all right where do you see this going then tone with one test left to play i said last time momentum's not a thing i don't know if i'm regretting that now is there a universe do you think where england bounce back and win this final test and second part of this question are we living in that universe <sighs> yeah how, what's the, how many universes are there in the world? Like, in the world? That's a weird question. <laughs> I'm going to cut. I'm, thank God I'm editing this. Um, <laughs> uh, it's Saturday morning. How many, you know, how it's many not universes really... are there in the world? <laughs> oh, uh, you, know, you know, it's not really, um, it's not a day for intellectual debate, is it, Saturday? Um, <laughs> it's a day to think about Ashwin. We've been over this. Yeah, true. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, difficult to see England doing much but I'm, I'm i'm more than happy to be surprised i i wonder sort of one thing as well you know about the about the situation that's the that kind of clearly the the impact of maybe the you know the crowds have had in the last couple of tests um certainly certainly the last test you know it, a new stadium but but you know and a huge stadium that wasn't obviously completely full but the, the noise and the kind of relentless noise and the 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 oral pressure if you could call it that um that that must exert on on a team doing pretty poorly a visiting team doing pretty poorly in it you know in this case england um i don't know that must be quite tricky it's not an easy atmosphere to to kind of settle or to or to fight back in or settle into any rhythm in i would think yeah well, especially when they've it's like a new thing all over again i suppose isn't it maybe yeah exactly more kind of hyper aware of the crowd than they normally would be just, um, just on the on the on the on the noise front. Uh, I, I, God damn it, Rishabh Pant is annoying behind the stumps. Like I, I really I, like. I loved watching him bat in Australia. That innings was fantastic. And you know, I'm not writing him off as a as a as a player or a person, but he got he's got to stop cackling like some sort of whatever. But it's really annoying, and that would really annoy me as a as a batsman. 
it's certainly in, in our six-a-side football league. Anyone, any kind of reaction like that from any player that we're playing against, I'm just absolutely boiling with anger. Instantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, it, yeah. It's just it, it seems to me to be not. You know, it's just not the done thing. I don't know. I don't. I don't think you should laugh at someone's downfall. Like, no, be I, excited, be, you know, shout, scream, you know, obviously, uh, you know, appeal vociferously, but, but don't giggle and cackle. It's, uh, yeah, it would, it would really wind me up. All right. Well, yeah, I, I can't see England uh, coming back in this one either. As much as, as you say, I'd love to be surprised. And I don't think momentum's a thing, but the way they've batted so far, it's just, it's impossible to see where they're going to get enough runs from, really. Um, but who knows, you know, maybe Joe Root will pull something out of the bag. Maybe someone else will pull something out of the bag, but I can't necessarily see that we're going to be sat here next week talking about an England win and a 2 World series draw. But who knows, we'll be back either way uh, with a podcast to do it. Um, but that's going to be it for this one. Have you enjoyed yourself today, Tone? Yeah, it's been good. How's your lockdown going? Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, not, I mean, yeah, not too bad pretty uh i suppose pretty fortunate in in many ways but the sun is out now um we went for a run yesterday a little trot uh, along the coast yeah, I here in saw Guernsey. You yesterday for a socially distanced run yeah which is which is very pleasant um yeah it's been, it's been all right isn't it it's been uh yeah we're getting there i think the whole world's getting there hopefully well some some of it yeah it feels like there's a bit more optimism around now so fingers and, crossed. But I hope, I hope everyone out there listening to this is uh, is safe and well and is feeling optimistic. It sounded like you were going to say something there. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, no, I echo those sentiments. <laughs> Just echo those extremely profound sentiments. Um, <laughs> all right, well, we're going to be back uh, soon with another World Cricket Show. But until then, do get involved on the internet. We're on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. I'm sure you can uh, find us there. Um, so if you want to get in touch, you can do it through those so- social media channels. Or you can send us an email, worldcreatorshow at gmail.com. And if you enjoy the show, do write a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to it, because that is a great way of letting other people know about the show and, uh, you know, bringing new people to us, which is uh, what we're all about. But yeah, you got anything left to say, Tone, or are you you done? Well, I'll cut it anyway, so... Are you wanting to wrap this up very quickly? No one will know what I'm about to say, because it won't make the edit. Okay. All right. We'll stay in school, everyone, uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Cool. Take care. Cherry. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer let's wake up those taste buds with hot juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi Mm. hello fresh stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at hellofresh.com let's get this dinner party started 